You're listening to the Traffic and Leads Podcast, where the leading SEO, pay-per-click, social media, content marketing, and email marketing authorities come to share their secrets. Now, please welcome your host, online marketing expert, One Click Lindsay. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Traffic and Leads Podcast. I am your host, One Click Lindsay. Uh, Excuse me, I'm a little bit sick today, so you'll hear my groggy voice, but... To no avail, we have a very exciting guest, and I could not put him off any longer. His name is Greg Smith. He is the founder and CEO of Thinkific, a software platform that makes it easy to create, market, and sell online courses. So today with Greg, we're going to be talking a lot about online courses and how to get people into your online courses and the headaches of online courses and how Greg can help us resolve these headaches. So without further ado, Greg, welcome to the show today. Thanks, Lizzie. It's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) Sure. So, well, let's just dive in. What is Thinkific? Uh, It is a, Thinkific's a platform that makes it super easy for you to create, launch, market, and sell your own online courses. So if you have knowledge you want to share, whether you're a company, a small business, or a coach, trainer, expert, and you want to create your own online course, we've tried to make that super easy for you. Awesome, because it could be very overwhelming um, to try. So let's define online courses, actually. So basically, I sign up for an online course of how to, um, I don't know, what's a good example? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the funny thing is, is I often get asked, what's the best topic for an online course or what sells? And I see people being successful in everything from sewing courses to business and marketing courses. You just have people in all different areas picking what they're really passionate about and sharing that expertise. Fair enough. So let's take your sewing example. Teach me how to sew. I sign up. I I pay maybe $50 a month and you drip feed me videos and emails and other information on how to learn how to sew step by step. Yeah, you could do something just like that or you could have it as, you know, all in one go where you pay one fee or even give it away for free uh, and they get everything in one go or you can base it out and and feed it to them over time on a subscription basis. So it's really up to you how you want to put things together and deliver it. Awesome. So do you so you have people from all over, you said sewing to online businesses and stuff like that. Do you find that online courses is their main offering or is it usually like a stepping stone to more of a consulting thing? Let's talk about it from a business perspective. Is that typically what people do online courses for or people selling online courses for a lot of money? Well, so if, if you look at uh, uh, some of the bigger businesses that use us, it's often ancillary to their main revenue stream. It could be something they use for, use for lead generation. So for example, Hootsuite uses us and they educate their potential client base about how to use social media, which drives leads potentially to use their product in social media. They can also educate their clients on how to use their product. So that's one area. But when you look at more of the individual experts, people creating their own personal online courses or small businesses, it often does become their either a primary marketing channel or a primary revenue channel or both for them. Uh, And so I see people doing a few hundred dollars a month in sales with their online courses up to hundreds of thousands of dollars and in some cases even more uh, from their online courses. Wow, that's cool. So you've probably seen a lot of online courses in your day. Do you have any of your favorites? Which ones are most successful? (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, I have I have some favorites in terms of the you know the ones that I'd love to take or or love to take. Uh, there's a really cool one in in flying drones um, in the wow. film industry, so learning how to fly drones and and use the camera on them. Um, I'm not such a big sewer uh, you know sewer or knitter. Um, I uh, or much on needlework, but there is some cool ones in the sewing area and some crafts and artistic ones that I think are really cool. 
tons in the health and fitness area that I'd, I'd love to dive in and take. It's, it's funny because from my perspective, I love learning. I spent way too long in school um, and enjoyed every minute of, it, minute of it. So now I'm in this interesting position of seeing thousands of courses being created and kind of wanting to take, you know, all of them or half of them anyway, and, and never having enough time to go through and take them all. Wow. Yeah. So it seems to me that there is two major hurdles when creating an online course. The first one being creating the content, finding the time, or if you want to do blog posts or if you want to do videos, but basically sitting down and creating the content. And the second would be getting people to buy your online course. Would you, can you, can you expound on those and, and how to, how to approach those and overcome yeah, no, those? I love that you saw only two hurdles that, that probably means that we're <laughs> job in the world because I used to say there were three hurdles. There was oh, which one did I miss? It, the technology and then marketing it. And hopefully we've removed the technology hurdle so that if you if you know your subject and you can create the course, we solve all the tech for you and then you just go out and market it and promote it. So hopefully we've kind of removed that middle hurdle. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, so the on the on the hurdles that you mentioned, the the one about creating it, definitely a good one. I do find some people get held up there. I think it's getting easier and easier. Um, one example I like to use, there's a, a, a nice woman in uh, Australia who has courses in hula hooping and fitness and dance around hula hooping and has built a little empire out of it and has a whole team of people working with her. But she literally started with a, uh, a camera phone in a park, just shooting videos of herself in the park hula hooping. And that sort of bond this whole uh, empire around hula hooping and dance and, and training and fitness. So there is a hurdle there, but you can only really get hung up on it if you spend too much time worrying about it. There's some really simple solutions, you know, simple, inexpensive microphone, inexpensive cameras, or even the camera built into your laptop, if you're like me, uh, that, so it should be pretty easy to get over that kind of stuff if you want to do video. And then we even have some free tools in Thinkific where you can go in and just put some slides in and add voice over top of slides. So you don't even need to worry about doing camera and video work. And as far as like how to deliver it, it seems like that might be a, a, a really difficult for people to overcome. Like, where do we even start? Like, what do you rec do you have anything recommendation? Do we just like puke out all of our thoughts on a word doc and then try to fit it into different modules or like, how do I take all this information I know and put it into an online course that will make sense for somebody? Yeah, great point. I actually like to start at the end. And so I try to think about the value I'm going to deliver to someone and the promise I want to make to them. So the first thing, if I take one page and just want to write down a basic curriculum or outline for my course before I start creating or putting work into it, the first thing I'll write at the top is how will someone's life be different when they finish my course? And yeah. then everything ties back to that. So my marketing will answer that question. Uh, my course creation and curriculum answers that question. And it means that instead of just putting all my thoughts about some subject area on the page, I'm really only putting things down or creating lessons down that are going to help someone achieve that goal. So if I say to you, when you finish my course, you will be able to uh, create your own online course and earn at least $10,000 a month. That's my promise to you. That's my deliverable to you, which means that everything I'm including in my course is going to drive directly to that. And if it doesn't, then I'm not going to include it because you really don't want a lot of extra filler in there. You really just want to create what is necessary to get them to that goal. So that's kind of how I start in terms of thinking about my course creation and that process of getting there. Very helpful. Okay. Now, uh, why don't you address how to market and sell online courses? 
Yeah. And that's a fun one. There's a lot of different ways of doing it. Uh, I've had plenty of time to experiment in all sorts of different ways. Uh, I like to start in the simpler areas like, uh, well, things that, that don't require uh, ad spend or dollars initially and, uh, and things that require a small amount of effort or technical expertise. So you can really just anyone can go out there and do that. So one of the easier ones to get started with is something like Quora. That's Q-U-O-R-A.com. And you go there and it's a question and answer site. And you can just sort of be an expert in your area, be really helpful, answer questions for people. And then after answering their questions, always refer back to your course or website or blog or resources that way. And I find that's, that's been a really good uh, source of leads for me for my online courses. Another one is YouTube. Since you're creating content anyway, it can be really easy to just go and extract a little bit of the best content from your course, throw it up on YouTube, and then reference your course as additional information from YouTube. Uh, the big thing when I'm doing that that I love to do is I like to think about each channel that I'm marketing in terms of why is someone hanging out on that channel. So the, the reason someone's on YouTube is very different from the reason someone is on Facebook. YouTube people are usually there for free videos and entertainment sometime, and education. Facebook, we're often there for voyeurism, occasionally now more and more free video and some entertainment. But so on YouTube, when I'm putting a free video up there, my promise or my call to action is always about more free videos as opposed to come over to my site and sign up for my course or read a blog article or anything other than more free video. And I find my conversion rates are much higher by focusing on why is someone on this channel and how can I offer them something really similar. So let's talk about YouTube for a bit. So um, are you talking about on your own YouTube channel or what if you're not getting any traffic to your own YouTube channel or tell, tell me more about where you're making those kind of comments? Uh, so I, I drive it mostly through my own YouTube channel. I haven't done much in the way of paid advertisements on YouTube. Uh, I've done, haven't done too much in the way of commenting. So mostly, uh, well, so my, my YouTube channel is about 12 videos now. I haven't updated it in about five years and it still drives about three to $4,000 a month in sales to my online course just from these 12 videos. The videos wow. are from two to 15 minutes long and they're purely educational. They're all about value add. There's no real advertising in them. I mean, there's, there's little calls to action that I include. So once the video gets going, the first thing I do is answer the question that they search for. So if they're searching for, you know, how do I boil an egg? As soon as that video hits play, I come on saying, okay, we're going to talk about how to boil an egg. And then I just get right into it. Um, now, that's not what my videos are about. But the point is, I just answer the question they were looking for immediately because you really, you have a huge drop off in that first 30 seconds of a video. If you're not answering their question properly, people don't want to stick around for a buildup. They're looking for a quick answer. So I start delivering right away. And then I work into, hey, if you want more on this or you want more free videos, come over to my course or come check out my site. Um, and, uh, and they come over there and they can sign up for a free trial of the course there. And that's really the primary thing. The other thing I'd say about YouTube is take advantage of all the fields. When you upload a video, there's a lot of little fields you can fill out and really think, think in terms of search uh, optimization is what keywords would someone be looking for, uh, to find what I'm offering. So how do I do this or, or, you know, all the kind of key words that you think someone would be typing into Google or YouTube to find this, you want to make sure you plug those into every possible field. So your meta tags and your description and your video title are, are really key areas to, to put that information in. Fair enough. So before you created these very profitable 12 videos five years ago, did you do keyword research out on YouTube, what people were searching for? Or, or is this just like something that just happened for you? 
Um, I had, well, I haven't touched them in about five years. I think I put them up even further back than that. Um, I would say that my, at the time, my primary keyword research was actually conversations with people I was working one-on-one with. So I knew what they were looking for and what questions they were asking. But I, since then I've done some more keyword research, obviously, and I've done a fair amount of that. Google has some really good tools that you can do keyword research, uh, with, um, or you can just start searching for, uh, solving your own problem. So pretend, go out and pretend you're your ideal student or ideal client and start searching for answers to uh, the questions that you can solve for them. And that really starts putting you in the frame of mind of what keywords people are going to be looking. You can get way more advanced with that and dig into keyword research tools and look for variations on that. But I find the simplest stuff, especially with YouTube where you're not paying for it, uh, the simplest stuff often does really well. And you can even look, once you start searching for those, you can see what other people are titling their videos. So if you search for how to boil an egg, and then you see a video that says how to cook an egg, and that one's performing really high, then you might consider including that word cook in it. Um, Cause that's a good indication that people are looking for that if there's a bunch of views on that video. Fair enough. Hey, it's One Click Lindsay here. Are you confused at how to start generating more traffic and leads for your small business? Visit our website at trafficandleadspodcast.com and sign up for our 14 days to more traffic and leads free email course. Each day for 14 days, you will receive an email that will lead you along the path of generating more traffic and leads for your small business. Sign up for free at trafficandleadspodcast.com or oneclicklindsay.com. Now back to the show. So just uh, just for fun, is your online course that we're talking about for YouTube and the online course you created, is that for creating online courses or do you have some like other online courses that you sell? The, well, so the first one, we do have a bunch of courses on how to create online courses and those are, you can get those all for free at, at our site. Uh, but the, uh, the one that I originally created 10 years ago was uh, for the LSAT, the law school admissions test. So I was teaching people how to take the test to get them into law school. And that's, that's how it all got started for me. And that one did really oh. well. And then other people asked me, well, how did you create that course? Can we use the software you used? But it was all things that we had custom built. So that's when we started building Thinkific to make it easier for other people to do what I had did at what I had done. And you no longer practice law right now? Uh, I'm still licensed and insured, but no, I'm full-time Thinkific. I haven't uh, haven't had a, a legal client in a long time. That's cool. Do you still sell that course? Yes. Yeah. And the great thing is, I think I put maybe half an hour, an hour a month into just making sure it's still working. and uh, and And I have people sign up every day. That is so cool. I love that. That's great. What other online courses do you sell or is it basically that and then how to make online courses? Yeah, the the for in terms of me personally, that's the yeah. only one that I offer and then there's thousands that people have created through Thinkific. Uh but uh and then as a team here at Thinkific, we've created a whole bunch of programs around how to create courses, how to market courses, um how to build your curriculum, how to come up with your course idea, all of that kind of stuff. Very and that's really cool. for us that's not so much about revenue generation, it's actually about educating our clients and potential clients to help them be successful. Very cool. Okay. Let's turn the conversation to how you market for Thinkific. Um, I noticed when we go, when you go to your website, you have your, you host a a live webinar. Is that like once a week, right? Yes. Yeah. And we're actually looking at doing that more frequently. Uh, Right now it's live and I do just about every one. And so it's a little more labor intensive, but we do it once a week. 
And do you get a lot of people sign up for that? Tell me how that is going as far as a, as a lead generation tool, hosting a webinar once a week. And that is your main like opt-in on your website. Yeah, that, so I, we do have a ton of other opt-ins as well. That one is a, is a great one because, uh, not only do we have people opt in on the site, but we also send an, out an invite to everyone who's signed up for a free Thinkific account. And it really just walks them through how to use the software. It's not much of a sales pitch. It's much more of a demo and Q&A so we can actually answer questions live for people. Uh, so that one, it, it's a great way to just give everyone an opportunity to jump in and ask questions about our product uh, every week and, and see how it works for people who are new to it. And so in terms of the conversion rates and metrics on that one, say for every, if you look at, a, just to break down the percentages, for every 100 people who sign up for it, I think we get about a fifth of that. So about 20% show up. And I think the, the problem there is actually that we're only running it once a week. So, you know, we're only someone who signs up on a Friday, the webinars are on Thursday. So it's quite a long time for them to wait and they may have forgotten about it by then. Plus it's only one time a week. So if you're not available on Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, it's not good for you. You can always watch the recording, but if we're talking about live show up rates, it's about uh, one fifth or, or 20% of the people. Um, but once we get them there, the engagement is amazing. The feedback is amazing. Uh, if I, if I have a hundred people on that webinar, I might answer two or 300 questions over the course of an hour. So really, really good engagement that way. Awesome. What other opt-in, what are your, what are, what are the most successful opt-ins on your website? How you get most people to become clients of yours? Uh, well, one is we make sure that pretty much every post we put on our blog has some kind of content upgrade. It's actually something I learned from watching lead pages is just making sure that everything you do uh, on your blog has some kind of content upgrade and ideally a content upgrade that ties directly to the blog post. So for me, a content upgrade just means that you're reading the blog post and we've put some great information in there, but there's a little extra bonus that you can get in exchange for your email. So you put in your email and we give you something like a checklist or a summary of the post uh, or a guide that goes along with it. So if our post is uh, how to design your course curriculum, uh, then our content upgrade might be something like uh, you know, download the cheat sheet to actually walk you through how to do this. And so they download that, they get great value out of it. And we get a new person um, who's subscribed to our list or, or at least has expressed interest in that. And how often do you release a blog post? Uh, I'd have to check on that. I think we were trying, we're, we're shooting for, we, so we have different types of posts. We have guest posts that other people submit. And I think we probably do maybe one of those a week. Uh, we have smaller posts and things like updates on our product or, or general team updates or updates about things that are coming. We do some small posts every time we do an interview or a, a special webinar uh, with someone else. And then the, but the big piece of it is we try to do a large three to 5,000 word piece once a week. And that's where we have someone spending pretty much the whole week doing a ton of research. Um, actually, Tyler Basu here, um, it, it does a ton of research and pulls together all the information on a topic and really goes deep. And the idea is when, when he posts that blog post, that's your end all be all for that subject matter. So a lot of times I find when I'm Googling and I'm trying to find an answer to a question, I'll pull up five or 10 or 15 different tabs to a whole bunch of blog posts and videos and everything, and then try and filter through them. The idea with these is that Tyler's done all that work for you. So when you find our blog post, you bookmark it. And that's the only thing you need to walk you through this whole process. Very smart. And then you have a content upgrade on that one as well, or yeah. especially on that one. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great, that's great. Tell me about SEO. Do you guys perform your own SEO? Obviously these long form blog posts are excellent for the search engines. How much keyword research goes into those? Uh, a little bit, we're, we're, to be honest, we're probably not doing enough on the SEO front. Uh, that's something we have uh, as a priority over the next couple of months. On the blog posts, I, I know that Tyler, when he's digging into what to do for the next blog post, he's looking at uh, what people have been searching to find us as a company, what people are asking about, looking at our customer support forums, looking in our Facebook group, finding out what people are talking about and what they're interested in and what they're struggling with, and then building it around that. Um, I have mixed views. On, I love SEO and I've done a ton of it in my online course. The reason why it's got passive revenue now is because of the SEO efforts. It's primarily organic traffic that drives it. Um, uh, but I also really like to think sort of non-technically about SEO and just really think about our customers, clients, and, and the people we work with and think, how can we help them? What's the best way to help them? And I find if you really focus on the human element as opposed to trying to hack it or do something you know, technically challenging and you just really think, hey, here's someone who might want to work with us. What's the most impactful thing I can do to help them? That usually lands you pretty close to your ideal SEO scenario. So it's not as technical a way of thinking about it. Um, I know some of the people here on the team think more technically about this stuff, but that's my, my view on the SEO side is start with the real human element. I would agree with that. And Google is getting smarter and smarter and knowing, like, yes. like you know, awarding you for, for doing such a thing. So yes. I think it's yeah. a very smart move. Yeah. So and as far as... really hack SEO, but now you can't, and it's getting, you're right, the, Google's just getting way more human. Yeah. Um, so as far as traffic to your site, are you pushing traffic? Do you, I'm sure you get a fair amount of organic traffic. Do you do pay-per-click ads or Facebook ads? Or tell me what kind of paid advertising you do. Yeah, we do some paid advertising, some retargeting, some branded search, some non-branded search. Um, so branded meaning we're putting our own name in there um, and uh, and some experimentation as well in different areas and some unique ways of doing advertising, always looking at some new things like, you know, Facebook has the new, uh, is it the lead forms that you can put in where you can actually collect some information right on Facebook as part of the ad before you send them off to a landing page or somewhere. Right. Uh, so yep. experimenting a lot with that stuff. We haven't gone too far down that path because we've been so successful with a lot of organic growth, uh, but it is something that we're we're playing around with more and more. That's very cool. Um, okay, so one more question before I let you go. I noticed on your one sheet that you had a little tidbit here that said you hit a 28% conversion from sign up to purchase on one webinar. And you're <laughs> going to tell us all of your deep, dark secrets on that. Yeah, I, I mean, there's no amazing deep, dark secrets, uh, except that I would say the person who we hosted the webinar with had a really engaged audience. So, and they came prepared. I, I've been on a range of webinars where um, it, I was lucky. That was one of the early ones that we did. And the host came on and just sung my praises and our products and Thinkific's praises uh, like crazy the whole time. And she believed it. It was, it was totally legitimate and honest. And we'd had a relationship leading up to it. So having a host that's connected with her audience and then having her truly endorse you uh, made a huge or endorse us made a huge difference on that. Uh, it also meant that the people she brought and showed up were really invested in her as a host. So that was excellent. Uh, and then the other big thing that I did that I think made a huge difference is we really researched her audience both before we started to run the webinar sign up. And then even once we had people signing up, we researched the demographics of the people signing up for the webinar so that we could actually customize the webinar content uh, for the people who were showing up. And we actually made some pretty significant changes to the original plan based on who was 
who was going to be coming to the webinar. And that made a huge difference. So I was able to really speak to the people on the webinar uh, about what they were interested in, what they'd expressed an interest in, what their problems were. Uh, and I think that made a big difference as opposed to, it felt a lot more like a conversation and people were really involved and excited about it as opposed to some webinars you see where it's often just pre-recorded or it's just a delivery of the same webinar all the time. And I understand the balance because it's, it's not easily scalable to constantly customize your webinar to each audience. But when you can see that kind of bump in conversion rates, it may just be worth it. Yeah. I was going to say, apparently all that hard work paid off for you. Definitely. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I lied. I have a couple more minutes with you. I want to ask uh, <laughs> about Thinkific email marketing strategy. Do you have an email marketing strategy? Obviously you do because you do a lot of opt-ins. Tell me what that is. Yeah. I mean, we constantly revamp. Uh, I think they're looking at it right now and redoing a bunch of stuff around the email marketing. Um, my, my strategies around email marketing have always been around uh, being helpful. Really in everything it comes down to, you know, you heard me talk about Quora and YouTube and uh, even webinars and everything and, and SEO even the basis for me. And, and I mean, this actually comes back to our whole corporate culture is about being helpful. So even in the emails, it's about thinking first, how can we help people, not how can we sell people? Uh, what I really want is if someone is subscribing to our email list that over time they look back and say, wow, actually receiving those emails was super helpful and beneficial to me. Uh, I'm so glad that I'm getting more of them as opposed to you know, just figuring out how you can convert people. I think the it you may actually cost yourself some short-term conversions by focusing on helpfulness over conversion. Uh, but I think in the long term, you build a better brand, a better awareness and, and, uh, and, and get better results um, across the board. And, and you just make people happier. Agreed. Awesome. All right, Greg, I'm going to turn the time over to you. Let us know again how to find you and anything else you want us to know. Uh, let's see. Well, uh, you can find us at, over at uh, thinkific.com. And uh, if you're interested in setting up your own uh, online courses, you can start for free there, create your own course. And uh, like I said, we'll be here to help. So we're always happy to help people out figuring out what they want to do uh, with, uh, with their online courses and where to go forward in terms of creating them or marketing them. Awesome. Thank you, Greg. Thanks, Lindsay. There you have it, folks. Another awesome episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. I am your host, One Click Lindsay with trafficandleads.com, where the solution to your slow growth is just one click away. You've been listening to the Traffic and Leads podcast featuring online marketing expert, One Click Lindsay. Tune in each week to experience Lindsay's unique gift for helping entrepreneurs and small business owners accelerate the growth of their business by strategically getting them more traffic and powerful leads. To make sure you don't miss a single business building show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and OneClickLindsay.com. If you know someone who would benefit from more traffic and leads, please tell them about the Traffic and Leads podcast. And finally, to learn more about working with Lindsay and her dedicated team of marketing experts, please visit OneClickLindsay.com. Now go and implement what you've learned. And we'll see you next week for another episode of the Traffic and Leads podcast. And remember, the solution to your slow growth is just one click away.